Hello everyone and welcome back to the Popping Crease podcast. Uh, this is your co-host Alan and today we have with us our usual co-host Ani. Hello. And our very favorite and in-demand guest as always, Anand. Hello. And we also have a new guest on our show today. Hey guys, Aditi are here. Uh, also known as Ba. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we have a we have a more uh, wider panel today. We're expanding, and that's also a good segue into letting you guys know that we have expanded to four more platforms apart from SoundCloud. Actually, we have started to move away from SoundCloud now. We're now going to host ourselves on Anchor, and we also have our podcasts on Spotify, Google, and uh, Radio Public. So yeah, we're working on more expansions, but uh, as we keep doing them, we'll keep giving you updates. Uh, until then, uh, coming back to cricket, and well, it's been a it's been a good week of Test cricket again. Uh, starting with uh, what's been happening uh, at, in the Caribbean, I think we saw a good Test match. Anand, what do you think? I think good Test match in terms of South African point of view, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was good to see the South Africans get back to their form and the pace bowling attack at their strongest. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, like I predicted, they, they did end up 1-0. We'll see if it becomes 2-0. I think it very well could be could become 2-0 as well. Yeah, there was like a good array of pace bowling options that was just running right. On both sides, I think, Holder and Seals were pretty good for West Indies. Uh, Roach had a very... Uh, interesting start actually. They they dropped Markham twice off his bowling. So uh, I guess uh, there was there was a lot of uh, movement and help for the pacers in the game. Uh, Rabada got a five for so I'm pretty happy with my prediction there. Uh, I just hope Keegan Peterson comes into play. Uh, Ani, what do you think of the week that's been? Yeah, I mean as far as the uh, the South Africa series goes, I think it's uh, it's it's a fa- fantastic result for South Africa. Mm-hmm. But I think they'll be really encouraged with the with the batting. I mean, Markram is continuing his form. Van der Dusen continuing his form. The big one is obviously Tekok with a, somewhat of a comeback performance, sort of uh, re-establishing himself as like a you know totally world-class batsman. Mm-hmm. You know, um, really exciting innings as well. When I was watching, you know, some of the shots he was playing, really aggressive. Um, at the time that he came on as well, you know, he could have been yeah. very conservative there. And so, yeah, just a whole lot of fun. And I think, you know, uh, you know, I've never, the bowling has never really been a, a doubt with South Africa. You know, it's just a little bit of poor form recently. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Rabada and Giri Naughty, you know, about a sound of uh, a bowling trio as you can ask for, really. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think West Indies will look at, their uh, batting and the the just the sheer number of batsmen that don't even average 40 in test cricket mm. and just look at how shallow the batting really is and you know once in a while they can eke out like really solid match winning performances but i think it's the same problem with just a, a lack of consistency uh, in the batting for this side yeah yeah i agree and uh, i think they were also considerably given a blow with Enkruna uh, Bonner uh, getting concussed in the first innings. Uh, probably wouldn't have helped uh, them and their strategy, at least in the second innings. He, he's one who takes his time, but I think the, the bouncer just bounced him out of the game. 
uh, but talking about batting averages coming to the England New Zealand series New Zealand of course had a had a great second test uh, they won the series so on that note i think our prediction came out pretty well joe burns was probably the best for england with the bat but um, yeah i think it was pretty poor showing by england there um, what do you guys think about that i think from a new zealand point of view this is this is their first win since 1999 so it's a huge confidence booster for them before entering this test against india and yeah i think devon conway was the like he he, he took on the limelight uh, i don't think anybody expected him to most likely seal that opener spot for the world yeah. test championship final so uh, as of now i think currently confidence wise uh, new zealand have the upper hand compared to india definitely yeah that's true in every way possible that's yeah, true because uh, new zealand have also acclimatized to the conditions and that's pretty good for them uh, conway has stole the show we, we did speak about how his innings has been uh, uh, sort of a big boost for new zealand especially since he's never opened in his career before the first test so yeah new zealand will be taking a lot of positives into the big final that is tomorrow uh, which brings us to the main topic of today the world test championship final so bit about uh, before we jump right into the final game itself let's talk about how the world test championships first edition has been so um ba would you want to start off what do you think of it uh, how this edition's been okay so india and new zealand both of them have had because of the covid situation both of them have had different experiences in the world test championship i don't think you i think new zealand missed out on one series against bangladesh i'm not wrong yeah so both of the and i i to be honest i don't want to i don't want to sound biased but i think india had a more difficult road compared to new zealand for the mm-hmm. world test final so uh yeah they, i think new zealand lost to they, they got whitewashed by australia 3-0 convincingly yeah in australia so it's definitely been more difficult for india considering they played all their series and new zealand like you never know bangladesh can always surprise you at home like, i don't think hmm. bangladesh are no longer a side you can doubt they, they can surprise Correct. you at home so yeah I, it's definitely been more uh, difficult for india but i think both sides are evenly matched on that context uh, as Like India have had a harder path, but New Zealand are currently they they have they uh, I think they have the confidence that they got against the England series. It's an away win, so both of them start on an even note uh, as far as I think before the World Test Championship final. I think um, as far as like the overall tournament goes, I think logistically it's been kind of a failure. Um, I mean, partially that's because of the the COVID. you know the pandemic kind of screwing things up but i mean there is there is a reason that icc wants to rethink how they go about this world test championship i think the idea of having sort of this uh, asymmetrical uh series where it's like you know some series are two test matches long and some are four test matches and five test matches i i mean i just don't think that that works out i also don't entirely love the idea of you know a team not playing every other team at least once Yeah. Uh you know I think um 
you know it it doesn't really feel entirely like the the tournament doesn't really feel complete you know because uh you know australia had a chance to you know take one of these two spots and then you know decided not to go to south africa yeah and uh, england potentially you know just kind of gave up on their chances of a world mm-hmm. test championship in the final tour against india i mean i think i i feel like the way this test championship as eventually played out like based on how it started with the ashes and it was so exciting and the prospect of these points really mat these wins really mattering even if it was like a dead rubber game was really cool and yeah. uh, i think uh, the, the icc does like its work cut out for it when it comes to the next edition of the world test championship that's why they're bringing back the champions trophy right uh, to yeah. sort of like yeah. have some time before they can you know figure out how to exactly do this yeah but uh, i also feel like they've they've gone ahead with the percentage system in edition 2 which also is a bit of a downer if you think about it because sometimes uh when, like if india are playing bangladesh like hypothetically and india playing australia you can't have both this series having the same amount of weightage because of course playing india of course playing bangladesh at home is going to be easier than you know playing australia away so uh you need to somehow find something that equates uh or like you know offers weightage rather than equates these games uh but yeah i mean anand what do you think of the first edition so far i agree with all the flaws which you guys cited but one thing is it's an exciting part for cricket especially mm-hmm. test cricket uh because um the prospect of a championship uh, allows uh, gives a more competing x factor to the game i mean the crowds were waning and right now all the test matches mm-hmm. played on wtc were important uh maybe the only issue i have i mean the percentage is a sort of an improvement from the current point system that they were having because two test match series were really uh high risk high reward and the five test match series were not being rewarded at all so this percentage isn't bad as compared to that but i agree with what you said i mean yes you have to have some sort of a weight weight factor I mean, I would personally put the weighing factor in terms of conditions rather than games because mm. we tend to see a lot of fluctuating fortunes. I mean, the series last week itself just showed that South Africa could bounce back and become a strong team. Mm. So it does not, if you just give a weighted based on rankings, for instance, it does not account for the sudden comeback. Then maybe what we can do is that if we give a weighted based on rankings, then South Africa will get double or triple the points. what i think would be ideal is giving a lot of weightage for home and away tests so away tests were mm. uh, depending on subcontinent conditions for a, a team which plays on pacey tracks the double the points which they normally get something like that i think based on conditions they could do but other than that i don't think they're going to implement any other changes these next two years uh, mm. except for the percentage system but i hope at least in 2023 to 25 edition we see a lot more changes to even include teams such as ireland afghanistan and zimbabwe yeah that would actually be great actually because uh, most of those teams i think they uh, like ireland gave up their uh, their their odi calendar a lot to play more tests but now that's it's it's not logistically possible for many teams to 
play Ireland just because uh, Ireland don't have the funds to host a lot of tests and uh, the big three just want to keep playing the big three. So, in fact, there was a meme today on Twitter where someone had put the World Test Championship schedule and where uh, next to Australia, they had scratched out all the other teams except for the India Tour and the Ashes. So, yeah, I mean, you know how, how it's been playing out with uh, the big three. So, yeah, maybe there's a lot for the ICC to look at. But, yeah, uh, baby steps, I guess. Uh, it has really made a lot of difference to the crowds. Uh, Test cricket feels like uh, it's making a resurgence with the fans. So, yeah, a lot of, lot of uh, improvements already to how people are viewing Test cricket. And as a big fan of Test cricket, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, but, yeah, moving, I mean, moving to the... On the fan oh, yeah, side, yeah. just... Just one last thing on the fan side is this uh, this last series against uh, this uh, this New Zealand England series. Mm. Uh, I think that's probably like the best like crowd audience fan base I've seen in Test cricket in a long time. It was loud. It was like the vibes mm. were awesome um, in the England uh, New Zealand series. So and and it's shocking that it came from an English crowd uh, for this Test match. It was not it was not Ashes. It was not in India. You know mm. this is. Like I think that's like a really great sign. I think uh, uh, fans, cricket fans, will really start for some really good cricket. And I think uh, you know, especially yeah. with COVID, you know, I think it's brought a, a renewed passion in a lot of fans mm. when it comes to wanting to watch cricket at the, uh, you know, uh, at the stadium. So I think that's a great thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, at the Edgbaston Test, I think the fans were just going like pretty crazy it was great to see uh like i think someone had dressed up as the virus and then there was someone who dressed up as boris johnson so yeah uh a lot of lot of interesting gimmicks coming out from the stands and that's actually something you really want to see you want to see the stands filled and i think that wtc has really taken uh the the, the fan experience also to the next level in test matches which is which is pretty good uh and yeah well yeah moving on um Let's focus on the team that finished second on the table, which is New Zealand. So, uh, rightly, rightly like how Adiba had mentioned at the starting, New Zealand missed out on one series, uh, but they still managed to qualify. Uh, maybe in a bit of a controversial way because Australia sort of lost points because of an overrate and they didn't end up touring South Africa. So, yeah, it was possible that New Zealand may not have made it, but here we are. Uh, what do you guys think of uh, their road to this first World Test Championship final? I think New Zealand started off their away series against Sri Lanka where they drew 1-1. Yeah. So, I, it was a pretty good start considering all the Sena countries have always struggled in the subcontinent. Considering mm. that, uh, I think a 1-1 against Sri Lanka, even though Sri Lanka is no longer the big name that it used mm-hmm. to be. I think a 1-1 was a good start for them. And I, I think they've been completely dominant at home. Yeah. Uh, they've whitewashed all teams which came home, I think, to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So, in that's, I, in my head, I think New Zealand do, they, they deserve that spot in the World Test Championship final. But it still, it just doesn't seem fair that they missed out on that one away series. You never know what could mm-hmm. have happened. Like, uh, yeah. If on paper, okay, sure, New Zealand. I think England, England lost. I mean, sorry, not lost. They drew the Ashes. They they weren't exactly. Mm. I think they they lost to India and Sri Lanka. They were okay. They lost to New Zealand as uh, in a uh, way. So I think 
and australia of course lost at home to india so i think if you look at it on paper new zealand do deserve that spot just the road seems very unclear i remember mm. uh, india and new zealand had the play, uh, played the same amount of series but new zealand had already qualified and india was yeah. still <laughs> banking on the last spot and it didn't make sense to me yeah. at that point <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's yeah. fair. I think New Zealand yeah. is an interesting spot right now because um, you know they've been trying to they've been uh, much like India they've been trying to find that one guy to fit in the opening opening slot. It was uh, G Trevor to begin the the, the 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 championship, and then you know Blundell makes his case mm. in the last uh, uh, few series, and then now with the debut of Devon Conway and the way he's played. with how will young looked in his debut so that would be interesting to see uh, who new zealand ultimately pick to start with uh, tom latham i think mm-hmm. the middle order is pretty much set uh, williamson taylor nichols watling and yeah. i don't know who or whatever all rounder you want but yeah so um, i think that's they they come into the series with an interesting dilemma matt henry also kind of put his name there but i don't think mm-hmm. he gets in i think they're going to stay stick to the saudi bolt wagner formula that has worked for them so yeah. well for the last few years so yeah i think um, i think uh, new zealand find themselves having an interesting dilemma we already know what india is going to start with and i think you know it's the team that has gotten gotten them this far with yeah uh, with the possible exception of shubman gill who's only played the last couple of uh tournaments but yeah i think uh, overall i think india is going with you know tried tested formula for the same for the most part new zealand is doing that as well mm-hmm. so i think it's we're looking at the two best test teams on paper and in terms of performance over the last couple of years mm-hmm. playing so i think this is a very worthy championship final and uh, new zealand uh, i i i think new zealand has a slight edge because of they're used to the conditions right now they've got the confidence mm-hmm. i think ross having a good game was really important for them and and ultimately yeah ultimately i think new zealand is 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 has the slight edge here because it's uh, conditions that yep. fa- uh, that favor them and it's also you know the match reps and the match practice and they've mm. just gotten their legs under them they're warmed up i th- i think they're really dangerous right now yeah and actually you picked up on a good point there uh, it was about uh, their their bowling attack and you know you mentioned saudi uh, Wagner and Bolt, and there's the interesting other conundrum that New Zealand have, which uh, which I think one Conway solved, which is who's going to be their main opener. But the other conundrum is between uh, whether they want to play Ajaz Patel, Jameson, or Ajaz Patel and Grinda De Grandhomme, or do they want to play both De Grandhomme and Jameson and leave out a spinner completely? because if you look at uh, Jameson's uh, figures he's he's probably been the best bowler in the top 15 in the whole world test championship he's taken uh, wickets at an average of 13.27 a strike rate of 33.3 in just 6 games and he's picked up 36 wickets so he's he's pretty much made his case okay albeit most of them being in new zealand but he's made a pretty strong case so who do you think new zealand pick this is a very interesting dilemma to have i think one thing which uh, makes this final quite interesting is that both sides have depth mm. and both sides also have stable squads which is why i mean though you could make the case that australia 
at probably the top scoring batsman and the highest wicket taker in the tournament, they do, they definitely do not possess the depth which New Zealand have right now. So I mean that's great to see. And one thing which I really liked in the England series was the uh, re-emergence, to say the least, of Ajaz Patel because I thought he was uh, a very good, at least a tight spinner, which Santner definitely isn't. I mean Santner's mm-hmm. going to leak runs all over the place. At least Ajaz Patel can give you that control at the other end. So, um, so Southampton is always known to turn. I don't think they will leave out Ajaz Patel. Um, one possibility which um, I know which sounds outlandish, but it's actually being actively considered is them leaving out Wagner. And I personally, Wagner is one of my favorite bowlers. I can't look at a New Zealand team without him. <laughs> but I do not know what line they're going to take here. Um, I, I think they generally prefer the stability offered by a ground home because I think they would like to play it safe. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be a toss-up between Jamieson and Wagner. I don't think they'll take out Ajaz Patel because Southampton always has the possibility of turning. So, mm-hmm. for me, it's a toss-up between Jamieson and Wagner. And the thing is, Jamieson's recent form has made him extremely hard to overlook. I mean, yeah. he even bowled well in England. He bowled, I think I thought he bowled a lot better than what his wickets column showed. So, yeah, it's a very interesting selection dilemma for them. Uh, I mean, in India, also had an interesting selection dilemma, but they released the squads. So, now we'll see how New Zealand goes about it. Yeah, and that's another interesting point you touched upon, which is their batting stability. Because if you think about it, uh, no New Zealand batsman is actually in the top 10 or the top 15 run scorers in the whole WTC edition, whereas their opposition have five in the top 15. One who is not going to be playing in the 11 tomorrow, which is Mayank Agarwal, but they have, in essence, four batsmen who are scoring bucket loads of runs. Whereas New Zealand's top run scorer is 16th on the list, which is Kane Williamson. So, uh, yeah, I mean, do you think that would also be one reason why New Zealand want an extra batter who could possibly bowl, you know, tight defensive swing bowling, mm. like in the ground? It's a little over skewed. Actually, I mean, it's kind of skewed because Ken Williamson has played nine matches and he's 16th on the list. Mm, yeah. So, if you check someone like Mayank Agarwal, he's played 13 matches. So, yeah. the thing with New Zealand is all, most of their series have been two test matches, barring the Australia series, which was actually unfair on them because I feel two test matches is too risky as compared to mm. four or five. And... Um, yeah, and that's one of the main reasons why New Zealand are, uh, don't have the top batsmen on the list. And the second issue with New Zealand, which is a conference case in Australia, is that away record. I don't think Sri Lanka uh, draw was such a great result, especially since Ethan uh, had uh, home that with mainly because. England did have better spinners and yeah, Sri Lanka, the thing with Sri Lanka is you never know when they'll suddenly find form and uh, defeat you, especially because I didn't expect Karna Ratne to play that well in that innings. But yeah, the thing in New Zealand is that away form hasn't made the strongest case and another problem for them is that they played nine test matches and Williamson's record has been completely at home. So 
his average is 58 odd in the world test championship which is yeah. fantastic but all of them are at home yeah which I also is uh, yeah sorry yeah, go ahead. i think i think some of these stats are a little misleading when it comes to you know selection cuz mm. you know some of these matches were played like 2 years ago and uh, mm. you know we, we can't really go by them too much and also sample size is different for every case i think the style and also like reliability is probably like the two big pillars so i think bold saudi wagner is almost like locked in because this is like they they have been providing i mean bold had a great game uh, in the second test so did wagner wagner played both of them he had a really good second test and saudi obviously had a phenomenal first test and so i think those three are almost a lock so for me it's actually and 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 i agree about ajas patel i think ajas patel is really useful i think they need him so i think that number 7 slot is really important is do they trust jameson as a batsman enough mm-hmm. do they think that jameson can hold his own with the bat which against india you can actually take that risk because india has a knack of letting these kinds of batsmen get away with murder so uh, they could potentially really uh, uh, you know get a lot out of jameson with the bat as well and that combined with his excellent performance with the ball and plus the fact that india uh pro, he's also, he also did really well against india right so mm-hmm. uh i think i think that i think he he is really the one de grandham is just coming back i don't foresee him unless they think his batting is so much better um uh than than jameson's which i i think at this this point you can you can even say that he might be a little rusty so i i would go jameson at the seven and trust his batting ability completely and then for me i i mean like anand said i cannot imagine a new zealand side without <laughs> neil wagner i i don't I, i think neil wagner even if he's dropped will probably go on the pitch somehow and try to <laughs> try to get an over yeah <laughs> he's not going home without bowling and over in the final yeah, even that he doesn't play other formats this is probably the only final he gets to play for new zealand like as as a world cup sort of scenario uh but yeah then uh, moving so on to Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, as far as I see, it's India's batting versus New Zealand's bowling. Uh, I think New Zealand will back their spins. I think mm. the uh, New Zealand, uh, there is uh, there is batting, but I don't think they use it well because even against England, the first match they got all out for three seven three seventy eight, and I think Devon Conway scored two hundred of those runs. So yeah. New Zealand do can. they uh, i think india are a far better batting side considering they bat until jadeja hmm. proper batting so yeah new zealand will back their strength and go uh, uh, by default i think any no matter what the conditions are you always need to play a spinner just for variation even if the yeah. conditions don't suit even if it's for pace i think you need to play at least one spinner in the team so ajas patel will be that guy and mm. since india i think india have a lot of right handers mm. in the team so you need someone to turn the ball away so yeah yeah that's actually a good point and uh speaking of india's uh great uh batting options and also how well they play spin even though ajas patel turns the ball away from them uh india has had a pretty good ride to the final uh, i think they've lost only one series and 
no no points for guessing who they lost that series against because the only only opponent to have whitewashed every team to face them at home has been New Zealand and the only series India has lost in the World Test Championship was in New Zealand. So already an interesting narrative going there. But uh, yeah, India have had a solid run to the final. They beat Australia away, West Indies away. Um, they've uh, they've played England at home and pretty much massacred them. So. How how do you think uh, India lining up to this final? Uh, could their form be any better? Man, New Zealand does have our number in all of these tournaments, right? Because I remember we won World Cup 2000, World T20 2007. New Zealand beat us then. <laughs> uh, New Zealand beat us in one of the Champions Trophies to win the finals, mm. right? And um, yeah, I mean they they just seem to have our number. They beat us last. World, uh, the semi-finals, so it's 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 a jinx. I, I hope we finally break that spell because it, it legit seems like this is it's kind of like what in, India has on Pakistan in the World Cups. So it, it it legit feels yeah. like New Zealand is just they just have some kind of curse on us in these kinds of tournaments. And uh, as far as in India's form though, it's pretty. Uh, I I like it. Uh, they they toughed out a lot of series. I, I the one thing I do not question with India is like their character, their heart, their grit, in terms of being able to like eke out a result and eke out a winning session, which I think is really important in this uh, Test Championship. I, I you also you didn't mention the South Africa series at home, which was also in, an incredibly dominant performance by the fast bowlers, which was yeah. uh, you know very very surprising, really good. But if there's one, I mean, um, you know, I think. I slightly disagree with India's super strong batting lineup because for some reason, based on recent form, it's a little concerning when the batsman that I'm trusting the most in this lineup is Rishabh Pant and Ravindra Jadeja. These are the two guys that I trust the most, actually. I, I almost have a feeling that we're going to have some kind of collapse and these are the two guys that are going to bail us out in one of these innings. I, 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 the, that's just the, the vibe I've been getting from the Indian batting for the last two series. So... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, because when you when you think about it, the Duke's ball, even though it moves a lot, it's it tends to move after 20 overs are completed. Like it moves a lot more. And um, Rohit Sharma, not a very sound player of swing, but he's also been India's best batsman on average in the World Test Championship. He sort of stabilized that opening role. Uh, always looks to score runs. So, which is going to be an interesting battle to see him face uh, bold Saudi and. Jameson, if he plays, so uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting battle cooking there. Um, I I don't really know if India could come into a series with much better form, but also yeah, given how New Zealand constantly jinx India every time, I think that might be a psychological aspect. But again, given this Indian team, they they don't seem to have so a lot of mental battles going against them. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that. This Indian side is the best in the world. I, I, they have scary depth. I mean, especially when you see that a batsman has standard as uh, like Washington Sundar, who they're in a lot of pressure situations, is sitting out. Mm. But I mean, I agree with Ani there because the batting does look a little fragile. And mm. you could see that the person who had their number was Leach. And uh, in all the India England test matches, India was put in a bit of a spot and mm-hmm. if England had applied themselves, had better selection and uh, 
bat it at least a little bit better they could have even one uh, one match out of the series so it, the batting did look a lot fragile uh and they look and they required sometimes pant to bail them out all the time or even washington sundar for that matter so that's one big concern for india but mm-hmm. uh they did come up have a very good series in australia where they survived a lot of um, comments uh, hazelwood i'm not going to mm-hmm. include stark because i think he's lost his form <laughs> uh, but so that is definitely a positive sign but in england it's a lot trickier and the last series didn't inspire so much confidence and one thing which india lacks when traveling abroad is the presence of a pace bowling all rounder they had that in pandya they don't have pandya now new zealand have not just one but two pace bowling all rounders so that's i think could be the major difference especially since india allows the tail to wag a lot of times mm. but do you think that really is going to play a big effect because if you if you think about again the the top wicket takers in the world test championship india have ishant ashwin and shami in the top 15 bumrah is the 16th so uh like they seem pretty well sorted in that department and recently the the tail really hasn't been wagging too much against india like i don't i don't particularly remember australia still doing well and yeah. that wasn't even india's first choice bowling attack good i yeah, think that's true tail end over i think bumrah can i, I think bumrah scored a 50 even in one of the warm up matches in yeah. australia yeah yeah so they they can surprise you i think what makes this series fair is that it's a neutral venue so hmm. bold saudi and wagner are a threat in new zealand i know they had good form against england but i think that was just england batting collapse <laughs> and if so uh, i i am actually of the opposite opinion of ani i think so if you can play cummins hazelwood and stark like the way they did in australia then you can definitely play saudi bolt and wagner in a neutral venue see i think taking concrete like uh, cricketing lessons from the australia series is a little like somewhat misleading because that wasn't that's not the in- india team that's playing today right? like i mean that series looks very different to your full strength and i think part of what made that series great is you know the personnel that we had at the time that we, we played that series but uh, and and you know i i definitely agree that i think india has the ability and the character especially with a guy like pujara then and ashwin as well to really be able to like withstand long spells i think uh they can really make neil wagner work i think wagner is good regardless of condition i think he's a sort of all purpose bowler but uh when it comes to why i'm a little scared of this new zealand bowling lineup it's starting with rohit sharma i think tim saudi is like really the you can't ask for a better fast bowler to to have against rohit sharma because he's he's going to swing it out put it in the corridor of uncertainty Rohit Sharma just prods outside the off stump, and it it it's, it it always scares me. But you know, and and Sharma, and, and I think Rohit Sharma is one of those guys where if he had if if he's successful, it's usually the case that India is successful. So I think the the New Zealand bowling attack is a little more dangerous than I think it seems. I do think India does have also a, a stellar bowling attack. I think we'll get to when when we get to the best bowlers of the tournament. That uh, I have a few like. you know i have a few very good things to say about mm-hmm. about our bowlers but yeah we have an uh, an excellent 
an excellent bowling attack. I think more even in, uh, other than Bumrah, I think even Ashwin is very good at the tail end and yeah. uh, getting the tail end worked uh, quickly. I think uh, uh, in the second innings, Shami and Tadeja uh, could mm-hmm. potentially do that really well as well. So I think our bowling is really strong. I think uh, we can take out guys like Watling a little earlier than you know they mm-hmm. might want to. So I, I I think it is fairly even because I think both bowling sides can really do well against both batting sides, which which if they're informal on their day are like absolutely world class. But there are times when you're like, oh my god, if just this one wicket goes, I don't know if I trust the guy that's coming after. You know, this is basically like if Virat yeah. gets out, I don't know if I trust Rahane to stay for that long, mm-hmm. or um, I don't know if um, Kyle Jameson can really give uh, me enough runs at number seven. I know that's a little contradictory to what I said, but it's still kind of a risk. So you don't yeah. you, you don't know how much you can really trust the the metal of all you know seven bats, seven or eight batsmen that are playing. So I I do think the whole thing's in balance. I, I rate the New Zealand bowling attack very very highly actually. I, I rate Saudi in tests un- incredibly. I think he's going to have a great test match. Honestly. I mean, yeah. one thing which is going to make New Zealand a lot more deadly is that England's going to offer the most swing you're going to get anywhere. I mean, you can talk about Australia and all those, but Australia is not going to swing as much as England. It can never swing as much as England there. So, that's what makes, gives the New Zealand side a slight edge because mm-hmm. the New Zealand wickets are actually a, a, a little flatter than England. They use the Kukumbara ball. And here, with a lot more swing and the Duke's ball, I think they would definitely... Uh, have an edge over the in terms of the conditions because they also played two games in England and all their bowlers. Very you well. know, it's a it's actually a very good question to ask you uh, because you've been to the Hampshire Bowl in Southampton. Um, so New Zealand, you know, loving their swing bowling and playing with the Duke's ball. How how do you think that it's going to fare for both these two teams given the quality they have with their pace bowlers? So the thing that when I went to Southampton, uh, one thing which you could clearly see was that there was a good deal of swing. I think um, one site I remember very well is Shami Castling Basto, which again, no point for guessing the mode of dismissal. It's an in-swinger. So um, there's, a, there's always going to be some amount of swing in Southampton. But what surprises me in this wicket is that it's supposed to be a green top from what I hear. And that is something I've not seen in Southampton before. I, I I generally think Southampton is a pitch where you get somewhere around 300. I mean, in England, you generally don't get wickets where you start scoring 400 and shit. But you start with 300 and the second innings also matches them. And then whoever bats first has an advantage um, because they have the spinner to dismiss the other side in the fourth innings. But... The green top puts uh, a lot of things in different perspective now. I do not know if 200, 250 would be a good total. I, I, I really have to see and I don't know. Maybe I'm even overstating the importance of spinner based on previous histories. Uh, but yeah, it's all going to be based on how the wicket plays on that day. Uh, fair point. Fair point. But yeah, it's, it's interesting though mm-hmm. because um, both the teams are, are playing away. Uh, so yeah, Ani. I mean, you can you can take this one if you'd like. Like, do you think uh, the away record of both the teams is going to play a uh, play as a factor if you're a betting man to say that oh, India had a better away record, so they'll be the ones who will probably come out on top. Um. Yeah. I mean, 
that it's hard to say right because uh it, it it's a way i mean these conditions are definitely closer to what new zealand get than what mm-hmm. india get but as we've seen that you know in uh, in the south africa series that uh, india does know how to prepare uh good wickets for seamers as well so mm-hmm. um i think when it comes to bowling condition wise i think at a certain point when you're a good enough bowler uh, that's not really uh too much of an issue i think both bowling sides would fare fairly well and be able to make use of whatever conditions as an aside i would have loved right. to see a final in johannesburg which would have been like an absolute shit show for the batsmen uh with these two bowling lineups but uh i think it's really all about the batting and uh how good are these two sides playing away and i think looking at the way new zealand batted and the 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 soundness in their technique against mm-hmm. anderson broad Ollie Robinson Wood uh mm-hmm. and Pope uh and sorry and Ollie Stone you know guys like those i think uh, i was fairly impressed at how you know compact they were and how assured they were and i think with india virat kind of concerns me a little bit in how he's mm-hmm. done it i think pujara is generally you know very reliable rahane concerns me a lot with his form and i think uh and that's where that's where i i, I come back to you know pant and jadeja they seem to kind of have yeah. the uh, the formula to have late game great innings match saving innings where it doesn't really matter what the conditions are so yeah uh, to me it's really i feel like there's there's just something about uh, how 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 comfortable new zealand looked against that in england bowling attack mm. which makes me a little i think both bowling sides would do pretty well on these conditions so yeah that's that's my <laughs> Right. Okay. Uh, well, Adiba, what do you think? Uh, I told you it's India's batting versus New Zealand's bowling. For me, one person's form who's concerning is Shubman Gill. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was brilliant at the Gabba. I remember he took on I think Cameron Green also. Who? Yeah, Cameron Green is an all-rounder. So yeah, four paces actually, not just start. Mm-hmm. Um, so he. he owned that pitch on that last day and yeah. i thought okay he's going to be the next big thing and he's definitely going to yeah he's uh, but his form in india against england was a bit concerning mm. i think he had one not out where uh, where india beat england by 10 wickets in uh, ahmedabad that that third test uh, the low scoring mm-hmm. test that was the only time i think he was not out and yeah like it's okay but otherwise i think shubman gill's form is a bit concerning what teams are ideally playing their best 11 but uh, i think the weak link as of now for me uh, in india side is shubman gill so yeah i uh, i i'd like to see how he perform tomorrow it would be interesting i take so, that forward i think both the openers are a bit of a question mark because rohit sharma has in a, you know he has never opened in england i don't has he even played a test match in england like even as a number 5 or 6 i think he has um, yeah yes i don't think he did well there yeah but i mean india essentially have two non openers yeah which is i mean, I mean new zealand also has a non opener but latham is at least solid at one end so yeah i mean i was very impressed with how rohit sharma played in the last two series i think he did exactly what he was supposed to do and i think his presence alone is you know really assuring uh but uh, but yeah i think the gill rohit partnership first time in england first time with these conditions against 
New Zealand. Rohit Sharma very luckily avoided that New Zealand series in which we got trashed. <laughs> I, I, that was the series that I was wanted it, to was see. Was it lucky or was it strategy? <laughs> I mean, that was a very tactical injury. I'll just say that because I think it's bought him like another two years in the test side as a, mm. as a guaranteed starter. But, but yeah, so I think that that that's that's where I'm a little concerned. I think, you know, I, I feel like a 70-run partnership to open, mm. I think we're looking good because I think Pujara can take it from there. And uh, I think Kohli will, at one of the two innings, I think he has to perform well. So I, I, I think... They, that, that target, a 50 to 70 run partnership to open with, and I think we're looking really good. Yeah, that's actually a, In terms uh, of batting, uh, one more weak link or hmm? possible weak link is Rahane, I think. It was obviously, it was always between Rahane and Bihari for that, for that hmm. position, and I, I think Arlankrit would have also sided with Bihari on this. Yeah, yeah, easily. I mean, I think Rahane is in the side just because he's the vice captain. Too many but even if you look consistent at stats, events. Though, from a, from a pure statistical point of view, I think Rane has been India's best batsman overseas. One of, I think, maybe after Kohli, I guess. But yeah, he's he's been yeah he's been that Mister Reliable for the past few years. His his form, like I know he scores one hundred and gets away for the entire series. Like that's how he, mm-hmm. he functions. But yeah, it was always going to be between Rane and Vihari, and I think Vihari showed character in that third test. Uh, in, yeah. uh, in Sydney. So actually, I think Rahane, one of the main reasons he's like he's there also would be like the vice captain. Like, since he's yeah. the vice captain, that's always but there. Like, also, yeah, also luckily for, um, yeah, but luckily for India, Rahane hasn't scored in eight innings. So it's probably the like the set odd. up perfectly for him to make a big score oh, in the I final. Just, I mean, yeah, one thing about Rahane is that when he scores, India wins. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and sometimes um, I think he did score in that England series in the second test with Rohit Sharma. He had a very important part. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, he scored seventy. So yeah, that's always there. So I don't know if he joined the World Test Championship, but that, that like I said, that's the thing with Rahane. He in pressure situations, he somehow manages to get mm. some uh, a good score, pulls India out of trouble, and ensures a victory. So that's how he keeps retaining his spot. So we'll yeah. see if that happens in the, the final. Yeah, and that, that's a great way to segue to the final question of this section, which is the which battle are you guys looking forward to? It can be in terms of pressure situation, it can be just in terms of your you know test good grinding test match cricket, but what battle are you guys looking forward to? Wagner versus punt. So <laughs> I'd go I'd go Wagner v Kujara. I'd go Wagner v Pujara. Iron Man bowler versus Iron Man batsman. Yeah, I, huh. yeah, I'd go for Bolt or Sodhi versus Pujara. I think everyone, I think Pujara is a common name in everyone. Dude, he's so resilient. I think, I, yeah. I think he's the most difficult person to get out in that entire living. Very difficult. Hmm. So yeah, I think Pujara is by default the name. Personally, yeah, I think. and I think I think if you're if you're speaking seriously, yeah, for me it's going to be. One of Wagner versus Pujara or one of Bolt and Pujara. But uh, yeah. if you're speaking in pure banter sense, then it's going to be rain versus time. Because it's like completely yeah. forecasted to rain out the whole game. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, I guess we, we, we covered a, a lot about this uh, particular uh, final. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. A few other interesting ahead. matchups could be, uh, like I said before, Saudi versus uh, Rohit. Whether Rohit uh, withstands that. 
I think on the Indian side, uh, Bumrah versus uh, Kane. Uh, I oh, think that's, yeah. that's, I think, that's. I think it'll also be interesting to see how uh, Tom Latham plays Shami because, you know, uh, very suspect when bowlers come around the wicket to him and Shami would love doing that. I mean, Nishan so, uh, yeah. Sharma also does that quite well. Uh, yeah, He's been quite doing well, yeah. very well in the past few years. I mean, so yeah, Nishan Sharma would also be a good bet against Latham. Yeah. And, and another uh, interesting thing is uh, the, the five bowlers who are playing for India. It's the first time they're playing in a long while together. And for me, I think Ashwin versus Kane Williamson for some reason. Ashwin has the knack of getting that best batsman out. I remember Ashwin and Smith had a duel yeah, during the Australia. I think it was Ashwin and Smith and Hazelwood and Pujara during the Australia mm, season. Yeah. So Ashwin has the knack of getting each team's best batsman out, even in mm. conditions that don't favor him. So yeah, I think Ashwin versus Kane Williamson is also going to be a good one. And uh, just from a legacy standpoint, Virat versus Kane, obviously, who performs better, who wins this game, both captains, both the best batsmen. Uh, both one of the greatest batsmen in the history of the country itself. So I think just from yeah. that standpoint, like a meta narrative standpoint, I think mm-hmm. uh, the the Kohli so, versus yeah. Kane. Yeah, I think we we ended up listing all the possible matchups. So which I think speaks yeah. volumes for how amazing this game is going to be. It's actually the best versus the best, and I think the the center poster of our show is actually also reflecting that. Um, but yeah, moving moving on to our next round, which is. Uh, the rapid fire round. So this is the first time we are actually conducting a rapid fire round, uh, and we're gonna try and keep it quickly moving and like try and give out our best of the WTC so far. Uh, let's start with the best batter in the whole WTC. Um, who wants to take it? I, I put it out to you guys. Yes, Can I get some love? Adam? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> No, um, I mean, Fahad Alam just played two series, but mm-hmm. I think he just, three series actually. I think he just showed why he hasn't been selected for a long time and he just showed why he deserves that selection. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the New Zealand game was it's exceptionally good where he and Rizwan had a great partnership and um, he, they, they, it could have been ended up as a draw and New Zealand could have been knocked out of the final, but it was not to be and, and and that actually is one of the test talking about the New Zealand as well. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed how far Alan got his hundreds uh, against both um, New Zealand and South Africa. But uh, if I'm to be entirely serious, I would have to go with Manas Labuschagne. Right, that's yeah. my answer too. Manas is runaway best batsman, not just because he had the most runs. He was like a revelation, you know, he started in the ashes. It felt like he would at least get a 50 every single game. It was just mm. the consistency, the rate at which he scored the runs. I mean, just like without a doubt. I mean, he went from like absolutely nobody to being like a top three batsman in the world. Like that's insane. So yeah, it's, it's minus yeah. running away with it. Yeah, that's that's my answer too. Because uh, yeah, he, he came on as a concussion substitute, averaging the highest, highest run scorer, solved Australia's number three problem, looked the most comfortable against the Indian bowling attack in, in Australia this Aussie summer. So, so yeah, Labuschagne running away with it for me too. Yeah, but ba, ba, you can you can give us yours. Yeah, I think I, I have too many batsmen in my mind. I, I guess I'd sign, uh, sign with Labuschagne as well. Thinking of it. Right. So, I think uh, 
Labuschagne has has run away with it, and even though Fawadalam yeah. was just scoring bucket loads of hundreds, wasn't enough ultimately to tip what Mamas Labuschagne has done with the bat. But yeah, I think that goes to the other end of the wicket now, which is the the best World Test Championship bowler. And okay. uh, it's been yeah. Ashwin. I think in uh, overall, I think Ashwin missed out on one series against the West Indies. And I actually I don't know why he missed out on that series as well. To be honest, thinking about it, I think Ashwin was like he, he in at the start of the World Test Championship. I remember his place in the side was suddenly being questioned, and I, yeah. he came back after uh, taking a five-wicket haul against South Africa at home. I think so. He has been trying to retire Ashwin for a while now. He's been trying to put Kuldeep Yadav there. Yeah. So for me, Ashwin and. And I'm pretty sure Ashwin would have done well if he had played that series against the West Indies. And Ashwin did yeah. well at home. Ashwin did well in Australia. So I think Ashwin is my best bowler for this World Test Championship, like by a long way. So just uh, to keep things a little uh, different, like uh, have some variety. My bowler of the tournament has actually been Ashant Sharma. Uh, oh. Like legitimate. I mean, his average this. Tournament is 17.36. He's taken 36 wickets in 11 games. Basically, just been a workhorse. Been just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he was great against West Indies. That was like I think a signature series. I just think he's been so consistent. Um, and the the sort of veteran presence of a guy like him is uh, is another one that uh, that yeah that just does it for me. Um, I I would also agree with Ashwin being being in but for me the my second my pick would be Ashan Sharma he's been my favorite guy to watch. Awesome. So yeah, Ashwin got two and options Cummins so far. Are obvious choices. Mm. I mean Ashwin and Cummins are obvious choices, but I'm going different as well. I'm going to pick Jimmy Anderson, and I'm going mm. for this solely because he performed so well in subcontinental conditions. He performed very well in India. I mean, I could watch those uh, Rahane and Gill wickets all day. It was that good, and he performed well in Sri Lanka as well. Uh, there's no doubt uh, that he is one of the best exponents of reverse swing right now. I think he put all those demons to rest in these two series, and it was so unfortunate England could not give him the batting to back him up. I know he missed some games in between due to England's convoluted rotation policy. He got 40 wickets. He got it in all conditions. I think he deserves. Uh, category of the best bowler. Great shout. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Anderson is always going to be there in the great of all time shouts and uh, the best bowler shouts. Uh, but yeah, coming coming to my and he broke choices. records. He broke records in the in this uh, World Test Championship. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> almost <laughs> gone past for that matter. <laughs> yeah, almost yeah. almost yeah. gone past Kumble. So which is in, mm. insane. Yeah, I think if England had made the finals, he would have he would have. You know, uh, you're being a big part of the final too. Uh, but yeah, coming coming to my my choice choices rather. Like I mean, I was I was given a huge array of great fast bowling to watch in the whole World Test Championship, and it took me a while to actually figure out who made the most impact with me. Whether it was Wagner with his amazing bowling to Wade, Warner, and Smith in the Australian summer in 2019. Or was it going to be Cummins just because of his immense con- consistency uh, overall from the Ashes, uh, starting in 2019 to you know keeping keeping his form going and also becoming good with the bat and 
so there was there was a lot that i was given but um yeah comins with the numbers of comins you know that he's been the best bowler uh undoubtedly maybe arguably with uh, ashwin but yeah it's one of the two but uh if i want to do a a breakaway prediction i mean not prediction but breakaway suggestion then for me it's been andrek nokia just because not only because he's south african but he's also been the only shining light of uh, south africa in the last two years so he's he's bowled really well uh, he's played 11 tests he's taken 46 wickets uh, not bad for a youngster who's been carrying the complete weight of the bowling attack when everybody was out of form so i think uh, nokia is my best bowler of the world test championship um yeah uh, to move forward with the next one next uh, item on this list which is uh, the best game of the world test championship so we had a lot of great games uh, if you look at our poster you you'd probably get uh, a great idea on all the games that we are talking about but there've been a lot more as well so um, i think i this one uh, ani can start with what do you think uh, okay game? so i i know some of these are going to be mentioned so i'm actually going to go uh, uh, india versus australia game 3 in sydney that was possibly the most resilient That was that was the most exciting final day. Honestly, it was it was it was like uh, we got pretty much everything. You know, we we had the the punt and Pujara show, and then uh, you know Vihari blows his hamstring or quad or whatever, yeah. and then his and Ashwin's partnership in the last session. Ashwin just getting battered all over the place. <laughs> the banter between him and Tim Payne. So that that final day is like just it. That is like pure Test cricket, grit and grind. Exactly what we love to see. um so yeah that that's my pick uh, the the draw in sydney the absolute save that uh, india made in that uh, test that they had no business <laughs> drawing yeah that was a i'm tempted to yeah i'm tempted to side with ani as well because it's been such a long time since i saw a good draw and i was really hoping for pakistan to draw against new zealand because mm. it's been so long since we've seen uh, such a display of grit but i really can't look past the headingley test uh, i mean it's the weirdest test in terms of swaying fortunes from 67 all out to that otherworldly inning which is okay fine kushal pereras was the best that year but it's still probably uh, among the top 10 best innings i've ever seen so i really have to give it to that headingley test so i have a question would you go uh, stokes at headingley or uh, flint off at at waston stokes at headingley um the biggest thing is um which stokes at headingley is that he batted with uh, with leech and he batted for 90 odd runs i think that's what made it very special and um, since i mentioned kushal perar as well he batted he literally carried the team he scored half the runs and he had an 80 run partnership with vishwa fernando so that's why these innings come across as very special because you're batting with a tail and you have the pressure of a very high target and you have very good test bowling attacks to boot so uh, there's no doubt in my mind that stokes winning was among the greatest great adiba do you do you want to add me, a new option for me it was the first ashes test match in birmingham i think steven smith's comeback innings 200 that was my favorite So I like Steve Smith. I know, like, there are a lot of controversies and all. I really like Steve Smith. I was mm. so happy when he got those twin hundreds. 
for me those twin hundreds that, that match in birmingham was my not the headingly one like the, that first match was my favorite and yeah i i uh, i like i like the innings in birmingham number one for me uh yeah i think the ashes is uh, pretty much in demand cuz for me also it's the the headingly test uh and interestingly uh, i was actually on a train when the final day was happening so i'm I'm very thankful for Mr. Ambani for giving great 4G connection all across India, right. anywhere and everywhere, so I could stream the game without any problem. And it's been the best test innings I have ever seen. Uh, the last two overs, in fact, Australia dropped chance after chance after chance, and it it seemed like England was going to throw it away. But then uh, when when Stokes hit that final boundary and then he just celebrated. It, even though i'm not a huge england fan that that was what test cricket was all about like you know fighting till the last ball is full so yeah it was it was great to watch that game the mr lbw call as well yeah yeah, yeah. that's why i didn't like the headingly match that much because i think okay you don't you didn't deserve to win like mm. cuz like, they got so many wrong decisions they dropped catches like, I mean, like that's yeah. australia's fault right i mean they didn't take the chances and even if england didn't win if they lost by 10 runs it's still a great game yeah 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 well uh yeah a lot of great games in this world test championship so far but uh great games are made by great players uh which would bring us to the man of the series barring the final of course who who do you guys think is going to be the man of the series of a of the first world test championship I for me I think it's going to be Pat Cummins not from India or New Zealand uh, so I think Pat Cummins I think you very rarely see some the losing somebody from the losing team getting the man of the series I think Pat Cummins got the man of the series against India and they lost the mm. series so like that shows his impact and over and he is very reliable with the bat even low, lower down so Yeah, Pat Cummins is my man of the series for this World Test Championship. Yeah, fair shout, fair shout. Yeah, he's he's been he's improved as a batsman. I mean, even the IPL he was smashing. Yeah, IPL is that one. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Anand, do you want to take the next one? Sure. Uh, okay, I'm again going to make the case for Ben Stokes. I'm going a lot of England players in this one, despite England performing badly, and I know. Ben Stokes did not have a great test series with the bat in India, but I think you could have seen the last test match him steaming in and getting wickets on a pitch that really did not yield that much swing. He really put India on the spot about him and Jimmy Anderson. And if England had one more pacer, I mean, India could have been all out for two hundred. So you really have to appreciate the effort which Stokes put in. I mean, okay, he's not; he's a limited batsman against spin. I have no qualms of admitting that, but I am looking at him as an all-rounder. And as an all-rounder, he's indispensable. I can't think of a better all-rounder right now. Maybe Shakib, but that's it. Uh, sorry to Alan, but uh, you got also also mentioned his performance against uh, South Africa away. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Really, like that was an unbelievable like series for him. Yeah, definitely. I forgot about that entirely. But yes, that again makes strengthens my case. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, Alan, you know. pretty oh uh, yeah i can go next yeah uh, i was just saying stokes has been a very clutch clutch player for england and i am going with another clutch player not stokes for me it's been rishabh pant just because he's clutched mm-hmm. india in so many situations he clutched india at sydney he almost 
made Indian fans believe that they could win that test, not just draw. And um, in in the Gabba, he he was the one who, who put again India in the driver's seat, got them home. Uh, in in the home test against England, he reverse swept Jimmy Anderson. So uh, I think uh, there's like I just can't look past how amazing Rishabh Pant has been in this whole World Test Championship, especially after being benched by Ridhiman Saha, which I think is the probably the most criminal decision the Indian team management has done. But yeah, uh, Rishabh Pant is my man of the series. Okay, so the reason I wanted to go last is because I wanted to also segue this pick into like a, a bit of a rant slash divergence. Mm-hmm. But uh, my pick for man of the tournament is Ashwin. Uh, mm-hmm. Everywhere, I mean, we already mentioned his bowling, right? Just yeah. outright exceptional bowling, all conditions, great. Also had very great batting performances uh, in mm-hmm. Australia and in um, in the uh, England series towards the end. So. I think uh, in terms of all-round performances, I think he's right up there with Stokes, I, I, including with the importance of some of those innings. The mm. the one against England, you know, I, you know, he really saved that match. And yeah, he's just kind of been uh, consistent throughout. I don't think he's had really a bad series throughout this. And mm. uh, I wanted to segue from that into the whole uh, Ashwin's not an all-time great nonsense, <laughs> which like I think that's just absolute blasphemy. Uh, but I, I want to know what you guys you guys thought of that because I have like my own thoughts on. I mean, uh, um, let's look at this one thing. Shane Warne doesn't have a good record in India. Are we going to say he's the, uh, not a good bowler? I mean, are you going to? I I don't understand this judging players by all conditions because seriously, not all the best players don't have the best records everywhere. Ponting didn't do well in India. Shane Warne didn't do well in India. Murli Dharan, Murli Dharan, the top wicket. Taker of all time didn't do well in India. So it's hard that Murli also didn't do well in Australia. So to take two countries into account, Murli's average in Australia was around 40. So, mm. I mean, even if Ashwin's numbers abroad aren't that good, it's a fair point. In Australia, his average is around 40. In England, it's around 40 again. He's definitely improving. And in home, his legends are otherworldly. It's the level of Murli. And I, I think even home performances that dominant need to be appreciated, just like you give credit to Stuart Broad for performing that well at home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For me, I, I, I don't really pay attention to to such tweets because you know it's it's it just feels like sometimes it's it's just put out there to to get more clicks rather than actually have cricket debates. So, I mean, I yeah, feel like I mean, that's that's not entirely the case because it's not like it's it's some troll dude, right? I mean, it's not like it's yeah. some. I mean, it wasn't in a tweet actually. It, it came in a cricket for episode, if I'm correct. Ian Chappell yeah. said that, ah, okay. uh, uh, and Manjrekar said Akshar Patel got more wickets, and to which Ian Chappell gave a extremely good point. Ashwin, England bowlers know that they have to take care of Ashwin, which is why they played a lot more carelessly to Akshar Patel. It's as simple as that. Ashwin's bowling has been near impeccable at home and much improved away. He deserves to be called yeah. a great. Yeah, no, okay, yeah. my bad. Because uh, I thought it came out in a tweet and I mean, I, I think sometimes... Uh, he backed it up in a tweet. He backed it up in a tweet. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, sometimes I think... I think uh, yeah, no, but just that sometimes I think Manjrekar knows that uh, a lot of us uh, have, a, have a lot of polarizing views that are opposite to him. So he keeps saying stuff yeah. just to like get be in the public <laughs> eye. So, I mean, that's just the skeptic in me. I mean, I, I hope he's a better cricket analyst than that and he knows Ashwin is actually a great 
like listen like i actually defended with like when jadeja went after him after the bits and pieces comment i i actually like wanted to defend him because i i, I don't think that manjrekar needs to be like some kind of legendary cricketer in order to critique uh mm-hmm. another cricketer make some valid point or something uh, uh, based on a dude's role right uh mm-hmm. but i think so when you so i think my biggest problem was his reasoning okay so when he tried to clarify it he was like okay an all time great is gary sobers sachin tendulkar sunil gavaskar etc avasi macro right he basically gave us four examples of an all time great which is like okay so what right like uh, like i was saying that ashwin somehow sullies that list if you put him alongside it and like i'm i'm trying to like we don't really have a lot of these all time great conversations but it's not just about the stats and the numbers you know he he obviously has so many so many wickets and and yeah. you know whether that be home or away but it's also like you know uh i i started watching cricket towards the tail end of warren tail end of murli mm-hmm. tail end of kumble right mm-hmm. and so in in a post the the big three world right and we're trying to look at uh spinners and i'm trying to think of like world class spinners that have played test 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 level or, or all three formats and i'm and i can really only think of ravishan ashwin and and nathan lyon that stand like head and shoulders above the rest even they yeah. and i think even a, even a notch above rangana herath who's also i would say a little underrated but uh, they 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 are fa- fantastic like you can only judge someone based on how well they are in their era and i think in ashwin's era he's been in really all three formats one of the most effective one of the most clever high iq mm. um you know uh, spin bowlers and i know it's like kind of easy to make fun of ashwin you know his fielding is a little off you know he dives really awkwardly uh, obviously the monkard is like a sore spot for a lot of these guys which can be another conversation and you know the the you know he he is he's not the most personable guy but yeah i mean i think it's like it's ridiculous and and you know maybe there's like a the the way to quantify it is obviously like is he a hall of famer and i think like his body work if he retired today i think he's like a shoe in for the hall of fame like i think uh he is on a level of a bishan singh bedi like the way my dad talks about yeah someone like bishan bedi i think he's at least on that par i think he's at least as good if not definitely better than harbhajan singh mm-hmm. uh when it comes to his career accomplishments and he's oh, definitely he's played in an era where india have actually been successful abroad where we've actually mm. managed to take consistently we've managed to take games abroad and now we've won two straight series in australia mm. um, yeah he was uh it was only in one test in one of those but yeah he's been a big part of india's recent success as a test test nation mm-hmm. so yeah i i would say that like there is no argument for him being like an all timer yeah yeah that's that's fair completely i mean adiba do you have anything else you want to add on this yeah i uh, ashwin we we're just talking about ashwin right or just man of the yeah. series just ashwin uh, right he was my man he was my man of the series but i mean we already talked about him as a bowler i so think I'll ashwin would be a close number 2 for me as well uh, with pat cummins uh we uh, when we think uh, at least in my head when i think about all rounders over the last few years i mean whenever i've been following mm-hmm. i mean i think about shane watson i think about sakib al hasan and then actually i think about ashwin like, i think mm-hmm. i think these are like it's very even if you see the list on cricket info there are very few all rounders it's that difficult yeah. to be an all rounder you have jack carlos of course yeah you 
there are very few people who can do both. Who, like obviously you are going to have a bowling all rounder. Like you have those terms, mm. right? Bowling all rounder or batting all rounder. Like yeah, they'll be probably doing. Ashwin is definitely a bowling all rounder, but he does justice to his batting. I he values his wicket. Uh, I think mm. compared to most people, he really values his wicket. Even the last South Africa series. I don't. I, you, do you remember India? I mean, India lost the series two one. Uh, I don't know if you remember that series. The last time we played South Africa at when we won in South Europe, Africa. The, yeah. The yeah. last time Bhuvneshwar yeah. Kumar played a Test match. Yeah, yeah. Ashwin valued his wicket. Uh, Ash, it's very yeah. Ash, uh, like if you even the fact that he scored in Chepauk. I know Chepauk is his home ground, but that was a very difficult. Mm. That was a very difficult wicket. India were I think hundred and ten or something was six and. He got he got a hundred. Uh, uh, leave the fact that he knows Chepok in and out. He he got a hundred on a like, where everyone was struggling. So I think that shows that shows the impact he's had in the side. Yeah, and I mean he's won everything. He's a bowling all rounder. Yeah, I mean he's a World Cup champion. He was he's a Champions Trophy guy. He's won multiple IPOs. You know he's a uh, uh, Champions League if that. Counts for anything. Might win a World Test Championship now, you know. Yeah, so, so yeah. it's pretty ludicrous to call someone like that not a all-time yeah. great. Yeah, but um, I guess moving to the last uh, bit of rapid-fire questions, uh, the best World T- Test Championship series. If uh, like, I mean, I guess for me it's going to be the Ashes because I just value the Ashes at that level. Uh, I think yeah. it's a tie between India, Australia, and Ashes, and I, I have a feeling I'm speaking for everyone. I'm not yeah. sure, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I can't look at anything else. I mean, the thing is, you obviously want, um, as a cricket fan, you want competitive cricket, and mm. only two series offered that, so yeah. it's a no-brainer, really. Yeah, I yeah. really have nothing to add there because, <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Um, an underrated one might be like when um, Australia faced uh, Pakistan at home, and it was it w- that was kind of like a homecoming for Warner, and it was like a yeah. big deal. You know, emotionally that was like a, a great one. But yeah, I think uh, uh, for me, if I had to choose between the Ashes and the India uh, Australia tour, I'd go with the Border Gavs. I, I'd go with India Australia because the improbability of what happened in that, uh, like I, I still can't believe what happened. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it was. Uh... It was always going to be between these two, uh, which brings us to the final segment of our show, which is us always doing our predictions. Uh, and so f- the final predictions for the World Test Championship, best batsman, best bowler result. So um, who wants to start off this time? Result, I don't, I I think uh, it's going to be raining in Southampton, right? Uh, I'm not, so rain's, I'm not rain's going to win. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's gonna be a draw because of the rain. Nothing else. Right, right. Okay. Um, I actually think the rain might help New Zealand a lot more. Uh-huh. And uh, Saudi and Bolt in overcast conditions are gonna be bloody dangerous. So I would be a little bold and I'll go for New Zealand as uh-huh. the winner. As for best batsman in the New Zealand side, Williamson ha- hasn't done too well in England. He might come back, but um, mm. I'm going for Nichols to uh, make a case this time. He's always made these valuable 60s. I think he'll contribute again. As for best bowling in New Zealand, I'm going for Jamieson. 
Mm-hmm. And for India, I think Kohli's been, uh, you know, out of form for so long. I think this is going to be his uh, comeback innings. Mm-hmm. So for India, it's going to be Kohli. And as for the bowling, it's going to be Ishan Sharma for me. Right. Uh, Bill? You for me, I, yeah, okay. For me, I think uh, with uh, the result, I, I think it's it's going to be rain or New Zealand, one of the two. Uh, with uh, with the batting, I think for India, it's uh, I'm probably siding with Anand here. I think Virat Kohli is due a due a big score, and I think this would probably be his comeback comeback innings. And so I think I'm going to say Virat Kohli uh, for the batting aspect with the ball. I think I'm going to take Ravi Chandran Ashwin's side mostly because uh, it's it's Southampton and it's a it's a good wicket to spin. So I think uh, Ashwin would probably be the best bowler for India. Uh, also, given how New Zealand have four four left-handers in their side, so I think it's it gives him a lot of chances to get wickets. Um, for New Zealand, I think the best batsman is going to be Ross Taylor. Just because he keeps growing into the conditions as the series goes on, and this is effectively New Zealand's third test in England, so uh, I think Ross Taylor is going to put up a big score. He scored 80 in the last test against England, so I think he's warmed up and he's ready to fire. So I think it's going to be Ross Taylor with the ball for New Zealand. I'm going to say Tim Saudi because I think he's along with uh, Anderson and Sandakan, he's he's probably the most improved test bowler in the last four or five years. So I think Saudi is going to be the best bowler for New Zealand and highest wicket taker too. So you said uh, Anderson is the most improved bowler of the last few years. I mean that's insane, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but uh, for me, I okay. So I can't uh, bring it to myself to predict anything. So I'm going to go tie. I'm going to go tie, not a draw, a tie. And uh, I don't know what the <laughs> rules are if, if it's actually a tie. But chat, chat. Uh, so, so, so tie and draw same result, right? Also, yeah. also, I think uh, I made a uh, error in the player name. It was not Sandakan. I meant Suranga Lakmal. Okay. Yeah. So That's why I was wondering what was going on, and he said Sandakan. But yeah, he oh, has yeah, been Suranga playing Test cricket in so long. So yeah, yeah. So I, so there's no Test super over, but yeah, uh, I'll go tie. <laughs> and uh, batting, I'd go. I'd go Rohit Sharma because mm-hmm. he is for me the most aesthetically pleasing batsman of all time for me to watch. So uh, I, I really want to watch him go off. So for me, it's Rohit Sharma. On the New Zealand side, I'd go with the other most aesthetically pleasing guy, Kane Williamson. Then I, uh, uh, for bowling, I'd go Jasprit Bumrah. Big, big time game for him. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'd go Tim Saudi. So these are, these are my picks. Man of the match, Ravindra Jadeja. For all round performance. Yeah, I think uh, batting, I'd go for Pujara. Bowling uh, for India, again, Jaspreet Bumrah, because I think it's going to be a green top picket. Batting for New Zealand, uh, I don't know if I'm going with Devin Conway because I I think he'll have a huge boost in confidence. He has a 200, he has an 80, so I don't. I don't know why I don't see that stopping as of now. So, Devin Conway being their best batsman and their best bowler being Bolt. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, New Zealand are pretty happy that there's no test super over. Because uh, mm-hmm. I don't think they'll want to risk another tight super over and teams winning on boundaries. <laughs> uh, so, 
uh, yeah, I think on that note, uh, it's been a wonderful uh, test championship and also a very entertaining podcast for me to record. I hope uh, you guys had fun too. Yes. Absolutely. Fun this was. First podcast. Yeah. And I mean, there was a variety of opinions, so that's what made it nice. Yeah, yeah, so I guess uh, I hope uh, you guys uh, also enjoy listening to our podcast. As mentioned, we're not on SoundCloud anymore. We've, we've moved platform to Anchor and we're also working on expanding to other platforms apart from Spotify, Google Podcasts and Radio Public. Uh, so yeah, stay posted. We'll keep you guys updated. Uh, until then, this is Alan signing off. This is Ani signing off. This is Bao. Also known as Aditya signing off. <laughs> this is Anand and I'll definitely be back. Yeah. 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 See you next time. See you. Yeah. See you guys next time. Yep. See you.